Welcome and continuing our reflections on season one with my co-host Ed Santana. This mini episode is all about being data driven. By way of introduction, Jamie Melalu raised an interesting point in episode one. So to start us off, let's have a listen. That be data driven thing is a bit bit of a misnomer. People say we want to be data driven, but I don't necessarily think they always understand just what that takes. I speak to quite a few leaders in in software businesses, and they say, "Oh, well, we want a data driven sales leader." Okay, great. Do your sales guys use Salesforce? Well, no, not really. <laughs> okay, what what are your processes around it? Like, you know, a finance feeding into that process. This whole thing that you, this whole foundation you need to build before you can be kind of quote unquote data driven. But actually, most people are using data and are on that journey. But, it, you know, a bit like you were saying, Lauren, about leadership, I'm not sure it ever stops. So welcome, Ed. I think Jamie sums up pretty well a lot of the conversations around being data driven. But what did you pick up from our guests in season one? I think we, we can group the data driven theme into three categories. Uh, one is pipeline forecasting and how to use your CRM. Uh, second is methodology, including your KPIs and performance metrics. And then finally, people development, including running virtual sales kickoffs. Um, so so let's, let's start with forecasting and uh, CRMs. Well, that's a big topic. And we discussed it at length in episode five with Melanie Foster and Travis Davis. And Melanie gave some really solid guidance for companies thinking about how to better use their CRM. So, for instance, she suggested asking questions within the business around what data is really important to you? What do you really need to be tracking? So, for instance, if you're not sector driven, then why are you overly worried about tracking sectors? But if company size is important, then it's really critical that those fields are are accurate and up to date. She also raised the question about who owns the data and what's it being used for and where is the data sitting? Because often it sits in multiple places and formats, including in Excel and various other other tools. Travis questioned um, who are the consumers of the data, right? And and what's in it for them? The challenge here being that salespeople may not see themselves as a consumer of, of the data. So for example, if data collection is only done by MI reporting, then they will ask themselves, what is in it for me, right? Uh, in fact, Anna, you raised a good point, um, which was that CRM often looks back at the past, not how to derive intelligence about the future. Well, that's yeah, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, um, and you're absolutely right. But once you've got some consistency in terms of your criteria for your pipeline, particularly around customer exit criteria, then you can start to understand the patterns and start to see when and why and how you're getting stuck, and then start to build some plans around that. You know, if you've got the data, you've got the clear reference points to help you with that. Yeah, yeah, which uh, which links us really nicely into another area we saw, which is the methodology uh, and the importance of having clear guidelines and playbooks uh, that people follow. So, you know, things like, are you looking for your team to just make the numbers, right? Or do the revenue targets need to be de- uh, delivered in a very specific way? For example, maybe you want certain product mixes or certain 
customer engagements, right? Well, Bob Horn picked up on that quite a bit when he talked about the importance and the work that they've been doing to make sure that they were selling to the right customer segments and using the data to understand where they have the best opportunities. And some of our guests talked about providing clarity to people around their KPIs and making sure that they were tracking the right metrics. Yeah, and this reminds me of the conversation we had when I was a guest uh, along with Azzy Aslam, we, we talked about how to train our brains to sell more virtually. We said, for example, that being data-driven in today's world means using several channels and media to engage with your customers. Uh, so examples we discussed include using videos, creating articles, sharing interesting information with your prospects through podcasts, <laughs> for example. Um, and you know, all of these additional, uh, you know, today, all of these are additional sources of data from which you can derive insights. I always really enjoy talking to Azzy because I love the way he talks about the science behind how our brains work. And he talked in our, our episode about building up an understanding of how people how people buy in a more virtual world and, and the science behind that, how our brains process these virtual experiences. And we talk about that a little bit more in our mini episode around adapting to change as well. But you know, you can you can drown in all of this data, and there's always a challenge about how you turn that into actionable insights and whose job it is to do that. So that's something that I want to cover in a future episode as well. Excellent. Um, so you mentioned people a lot. So the third area we covered was around being more data driven in people development. Right. So Ed Boone, uh, one of the team members behind the, the Brinkerhoff High Performance Learning Journey, he, he mentioned some current research that they are doing with two universities in Michigan. It covers the impact of different types of line manager support in helping the individual transfer learning into making a difference on the job itself. Yeah. And understanding better how people learn and then designing learning and development interventions accordingly makes a massive difference to the outcome. In fact, Jasmine Jackson-Irwin of Circle CI and Nick Salas of MindTickle in that same episode both shared examples of how their organizations are adapting their sales enablement and kickoff events in that way. And perhaps that's a good point to close out on this mini episode and let Nick explain his approach. Reinforcement is one of the key areas of sales enablement that oftentimes gets missed or overlooked, but I've kind of made it a point to, to try to put a little more thought into um, you know, how can we take these key concepts that we spend so much time preparing and researching for and delivering to our sales teams and give them an opportunity to actually put it into practice, right? Put it into action. So at MindTickle, we go by the the mantra of the, you know, the acronym TSPR, which is teach, show, practice, reinforce. Whenever I'm putting a, a program together, incorporate the three Ps. So what's what's the purpose? What's the process look like? And then what's the payoff?